Although they're often part of our earliest happy memories, there's something equally unsettling about dolls. Maybe it's the trickery of their almost human appearance, those forever staring eyes or frozen smiles, or maybe it's a long-buried fear that we might look over at any moment and find them very much alive. Today, we're sharing stories about haunted dolls. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like Roswell. Wendigos. Zombies. Skinwalkers. Nessie. Shadow People. Bermuda Triangle. Wolfmen. Hauntings at Sea. Abominable Snowman. Literal Ghost Towns. Ghost Dolls. Doppelgangers. Chimera. All that stuff. All that stuff and more. Lots more. I'm Christina Callery. And I'm Seth Jablon. And today we're doing stories about... Haunted dolls. Haunted creepy dolls. I said ghost dolls in the beginning. Ghost <laughs> like, dolls? <laughs> I don't know if these are like... I don't know, are there like ghost dolls? Or like maybe there are. Yeah. they're like dolls of ghosts. Why not? Um... Uh, Cool. Well, I feel like this one's a long time coming. Like we, uh, I, th- I feel like we talked about this, like doing we, this yeah, for last, a second last, episode or something. Well, last year we did haunted objects. Haunted objects. That was like our second or th- oh, that was Spooktober. I think so. I yeah. thought it was earlier on than that. Well, whatever. But we've been talking about doing this one. And we're like, oh, it's like you know, it's so classic, right? But. There's 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 definitely more to the stories like than than I think that like you know some of the bigger ones are out there because of the you know the movies the Annabelle movies right I think that it's called Annabelle right the movie or they one of the it. movies it's one a franchise movies. yeah right, the right, Conjuring right. franchise Conjuring right but um yeah they've they've definitely been around and like I think when we were doing the Dybbuk box we kind of got into it a little bit like. Mm-hmm. You guys should check it out. Yeah, I did haunted uh, haunted bunk beds. Haunted bunk beds, right? Right, (laughs) totally. So, um, cool. So, who wants to? You want to go first? I can go first. Totally. Yeah. First, I wanna I wanna like just ask you: Have you ever been afraid of dolls? Have you had any toys or dolls, stuffed animals? Uh, I guess we can we can use the term doll a little bit loosely here, but no, I mean not in the sense that um, like I was. I thought they were like possessed with it. I mean, I definitely thought like my dolls were, you know, my mind like imbued with life, right? When I was a little yeah. kid, I was never scared of them. I don't think I ever saw anywhere I was like, oh, but I mean, I think we all like had stories of like, ooh, that that moved, you know, that doll yeah. moved. My, you know, like went into my, my G.I. Joe figure was like on the other side of the room, <laughs> you know, like something yeah. like that. I think my brother tried to scare me once with like a, I had one that's like for some reason like like a full size gremlins doll you know like those like gremlins remember yeah. the gremlins but not the not a good lot, one the bad bad the one, bad right? one oh, but it was okay. like life size it was like I don't know it was like 15 16 inches tall that's pretty scary and he tried to, and like I remember I woke up one night and it was like sitting on my bedside <laughs> like staring at me. And for some reason, I don't I don't know. I was just like, oh, I just knew right away it was You him. knew right away he did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I was I mean it like startled me to just have something there, but I was like, What? And then yeah. Mm. So no, I never what, what about you? Like Yeah, actually I did. I remember oh, really? like, one, of, okay. one of my like really super early memories. Someone had given me, when I was a little child, a clown bank. It was like a ceramic bank. It wasn't really a doll, but it was sitting on my dresser, and so it faced me when I was in bed. And I remember just being really, really scared of it when the lights went out, and I was just absolutely certain that it was going to come alive and attack me at some point. So what I did, because I was a guilty child, I've always had this guilt complex, (laughs) Uh and even back then I did, so I just gradually in my mind like how I rationalized it was it's not really me breaking it if I slowly move it like an inch forward every single day to the edge of the dresser and eventually one day it just broke you know oh Oh, well what are you gonna do about it and then my um 
my mom came from um, a family of five siblings and her two youngest sisters, my two aunts, had these life-size creepy dolls that were like the kind that would like walk with you or something like they were just like super big like several feet tall so as a child they were either larger than me or the same size as me and um they were stored away in the eaves and my grandmother's attic to just add to the creepy factor and those my cousins and I used to go upstairs and like look in the eaves and just you know, check them out kind of on a Whoa. dare because they were so terrifying. Oh my gosh. Mm. Wow. So, I mean, like nothing, nothing, you know, no, no, but you I was afraid haunt, of them. Tormented basically. by one, but no, like, I wasn't yeah, but tormented. You had a healthy but, fear. Like, right? yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's see. Do, do you want to like get into some of these stories? Because these stories yeah, okay. are straight up scary. Well, like, actually, I, I'm doing a classic. <laughs> I am doing Annabelle. Okay. Okay. I'll get a classic too. But right. I mean, we got we got more too on top yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So like, you know, as I said, you might already be familiar with the story if you've seen the Conjuring movies. But of course, you know, Hollywood took a lot of liberties. But it's actually based on a real story. Annabelle's a real doll. Um, she's not the super creepy demon doll like the one in the movies. Um, the actual Annabelle is a harmless-looking Raggedy Ann doll, but that does not make her any less dangerous or sinister. So, basically, in 1970, a 28-year-old nurse named Donna received an antique Raggedy Ann doll as a birthday present from her mother who had picked it up at a hobby store. So Donna brought the doll back home with her and at the time she was sharing an apartment with a roommate named Angie who was also a nurse or a nursing student. And um, the young women found the rag doll cute. It was a popular doll to have at the time. A lot of people had Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy dolls. And so they left it out on display. But soon, strange things began to happen around the doll, and it seemed to move of its own accord. So Donna would leave the apartment with the doll, say, on the living room couch. And when she returned later, she'd find that maybe it was now on her bed um, with her bedroom door closed when it, it had been open earlier. And when she brought it up to Angie, her roommate would swear that she hadn't touched the doll at all. And this continued happening. So on numerous occasions, Donna and Angie would find the doll in different places around the house, but neither one had placed her there. Adding to the strangeness, the doll would be arranged in different positions than Donna had left her. So rather than in your standard kind of seated position with the legs outstretched that would be typical for a rag doll, she'd be standing up on both feet or have her legs crossed. So, you know, this kind of activity went on for about a month, but then it started to escalate. And Donna began finding bizarre notes, handwritten notes around the apartment, and they were written on scraps of parchment paper in what looked like a small child's handwriting. So tell me that's not creepy. Um, And Donna never owned parchment paper, so she had no idea where these notes were coming from. And what was written on the notes was even more chilling. And the messages said stuff like, help us or help me. Um, So up until this time, Donna had apparently been able to brush off these occurrences as like no big deal. Um, But then one night changed her mind entirely. She came home and she found that once again, the doll had been moved out of its previous spot and was now lying on her bed. But as she looked closely, something terrifying caught her eye. There were what looked like drops of blood on the doll's chest and hands. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So finally, Donna and Angie were forced to admit that they had a bona fide haunted doll on their hands. And it was time to call in a medium. Okay. So this medium comes to visit. They hold a seance. And the medium in her reading determines that uh, in that the area where their current apartment building is, there had once stood a small house that was owned by the parents of a little girl whose name was Annabelle Higgins. 
and Annabelle um, was only seven years old when she was found dead in a nearby field, which was also in the vicinity of this apartment building. Um, so this is a tragic story, and obviously, like, immediately both Donna and Angie felt very sad for this little girl. Um, and the medium assured them at the time that this was a spirit of a child who was living in the doll, and she felt very comfortable being in their presence and liked being in their home, and she just wanted to be able to stay there and be loved by them. So, of course, as anyone would do, they took compassion on her, and they gave her permission to stay. Um, and they seemed to develop this, you know, really strong protective feeling for the doll. Uh, Donna even began treating the doll a little bit like an actual girl. She gave her a bracelet and placed it on her wrist. Um, and it seemed as though there was nothing to worry about after all, but actually there was. (laughs) So after the session with the medium, the girls felt even more attached to this doll, of course, um, and, you know, they're thinking to themselves, like, why would we get rid of something that housed the soul of this child who's begging for help? You know, it would make them monsters to do something like that. Um, but the two women had a male friend named Lou who frequently stayed over and Lou never liked the doll. He never trusted it. From the moment it arrived in the house, he's like, okay, there's something, this, this thing is creepy. You guys need to get rid of it. So one night, Lou was staying over, and he woke up to find that he was completely paralyzed. He couldn't move. And when he looked toward the foot of his bed, the doll was standing there looking back at him. A moment later, yeah, (laughs) I know, as if that's not creepy enough, just a moment later, he felt hands around his throat choking him, and he was absolutely terrified and you know, fought against it to no avail, but eventually he passed out during this episode. When he woke up the next morning, he was certain that this hadn't been just like a nightmare or a sleep paralysis episode. Well, I mean, it does sound like sleep paralysis, but it yeah, does. I mean, yeah, but it's like also like, you know, pretty out of the ordinary as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, and also like to our listeners, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode of Shadowland, you should listen to it because we actually raise the question of whether sleep paralysis is truly just a physical, right. you know, thing that happens in your brain or whether there's something more going on. Also, side note, this just goes to show that just because mediums see or hear something supernatural, it doesn't mean that their translation of it is correct right. or that they're not being Ooh. deceived themselves. So. Right. And knows what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the next morning, Lou told Donna and Angie what happened and really ramped up his whole, you know, stick Annabelle in the dumpster crusade, <laughs> which you can understand. But, like, the Lou abu- abuse didn't stop there. So later that next day, after he's complained about what's happened to him that night um, and is warning them about this doll yet again, he heard strange sounds coming from the bedroom. Um, so Lou's first thought is this might be an intruder, somebody trying to break in. So he went to investigate and, but he found nobody in the room except Annabelle. So according to one source, quote, Lou scoured the room for forced entry, but nothing was out of place. But as he got close to the doll, he got the distinct impression that somebody was behind him. Spinning around, he was quick to realize that nobody else was there. But then in a flash, he found himself grabbing his chest, doubled over, cut, and bleeding. What? Yeah. So um, seven claw marks apparently appeared on his chest after this event. Seven? And there were like, yeah, seven. So a very precise number. Three vertical scratches and four horizontal. So it it kind of sounds like the entity wanted to play creepy tic-tac-toe or something. Um, But you often hear about um, in hauntings or demonic encounters that there will be like three scratches. Yeah, that's like a common scratch pattern or whatever. Yeah, like to kind of, I think it's mocking the trinity. Um, Hmm. Also, seven is kind of like a holy number, I think, in different faiths. So certainly in Christianity and Judaism, if you look through the Bible, there's a mention of seven a lot. So I don't know if that 
has anything or they to just do with have it. Three three fingers on one hand and four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's yeah, it could be could be something as simple as that. Um, so what's equally strange about the scratches, though, is that they healed really quickly. So within two days, there was no evidence of them left at all. You know, normally you'd probably take a couple weeks, depending on how deep it is, could be longer. Um, so, you know, at this point, Donna starts realizing that maybe this isn't a little girl after all. Maybe Lou is right and it's something evil. So she reached out to an Episcopal priest whose name was Father Hagen or Hagen. And after hearing about the doll and what's happening to Lou, he was like, okay, you guys need to bring in the big guns. And he contacted a priest with higher authority named Father Cook. Father Cook apparently recognized that this was like a big job even for him. And so he contacted renowned paranormal investigators and demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. So the Warrens came to investigate and they determined that the doll was not haunted by the spirit of a little girl after all. Um, but instead, they said that the doll's antics and the medium's sad tale were all part of a manipulation attempt by a demonic spirit that was looking for a human host. So the doll itself wasn't possessed. Um, the Warrens believe that, like, you know, inhuman spirits don't possess inanimate objects, but they can attach themselves to them. And the ultimate goal is possessing people you know, living, living bodies. So this entity was apparently trying to get their attention and it used the seance with the medium to manipulate and gain a foothold through sympathy and get closer to them. Um, they also said that judging from how violent the demon had already gotten with Lou, someone could have been possessed or killed within the span of a few weeks if they hadn't called. So the Warrens recommended that an exorcism be performed and they were like, okay, Father Cook, we're looking at you. <laughs> but interestingly, like, Father Cook wasn't hyper-enthusiastic about the idea of doing an exorcism, but he finally did acquiesce, and he performed an Episcopal blessing, which I had never heard of before. But huh. basically, it's like, it's a lengthy ritual. It involves reciting this seven-page prayer. But rather than driving out an evil entity, the focus on, is on, like, filling the space with the power of God and goodness, huh. mm -hmm. I, which I guess they hoped would drive the entity out. Um, so he performed it, but apparently it wasn't completely a success because creepy events continued to occur, I guess, afterward. Okay. So at this point, though, Donna was like, okay, will you guys please take this doll off our hands? So the Warrens took Annabelle with them when they left. Um, and according to their son-in-law, Tony Spera, who is, he ended up partnering with Lorraine on investigations after Ed passed away. Um, Ed told his wife on the way back home that they should avoid the highway because it was going to be a rough ride back with the demon doll on board. So <laughs> according to different sort, a couple different sources, um, some shit happened on the way back. Their car's power brakes and steering field, uh, steering failed on the way um they also had several near accidents and so finally they pulled over they sprinkled the doll with holy water made a sign of the cross over it and uh, had no more issues the rest of the way home um so if you're wondering whether annabelle acted up in her new digs <laughs> the answer is yes uh at the warren's home the doll began moving around again so it's it's doing its thing in its new environment. Um, and here's a quote. When the Warrens were away and had the doll locked up in the outer office building, they would often return to find it sitting comfortably upstairs in Ed's easy chair when they opened the main front door. The doll also showed a hatred for clergymen who came to the house. So eventually, after Annabelle reportedly, quote, escaped several locks at their home, the Warrens had this custom case built to house the doll, and it remains there to this day. And it's like a wooden box. It looks a little bit like a little mini church with a cross on top and a glass window in the front that she peers out of. And there's actually a sign that reads, warning, P 
positively do not open. Wow. <laughs> and this thing is on display in the Warrens Occult Museum in their former home in Monroe, Connecticut. So if you want to do a road trip, there you go. And the doll is still wearing the bracelet that was apparently given to her by Donna. And here are a few uh, fun facts around Annabelle. Prayers are regularly performed by a priest to bless the room where Annabelle is kept. Um, uh, lore surrounds Annabelle, even after her move, move to the museum. So in one account, a young man and woman who visited the museum, they were like mocking the doll and, you know, this is bullshit. And they're kind of banging on the case and causing trouble to the point where they, they were asked to leave. Um, so, um, here's a quote. The young man, after hearing Ed's account of the doll, defiantly went up and began to bang on the case, insisting that if the doll can put scratches on people, then he wanted to also be scratched. Ed said to the young man, son, you need to leave and put him out of the building. Okay. So after the man and his girlfriend exit the building, they got on their motorcycle and they were heading back home when they crashed straight into a tree. The guy died on the spot and his girlfriend spent a year in the hospital recuperating from her oh. injuries. And then, quote, when asked what happened, the young woman explained that they were laughing about the doll when they lost control of the motorcycle. Yikes. Okay. And Ed and Lorraine's daughter, Judy, said that her parents told her to never look the doll in the eyes, which, I mean, like all Raggedy Ann dolls, Annabelle's eyes are completely like these opaque black buttons. Um, and rumor has it that if some that somebody offered the son-in-law a million dollars for Annabelle, but he refused, saying that it would be totally reckless and irresponsible to let the doll out into the world. Um, and then Lorraine Warren was quoted in one article saying that most unwanted spirits enter through the like vehicles like Ouija boards, tarot cards, and psychics, and urge the audience to keep away from such things. So she was, you know, really thinking that this was definitely a demonic entity <clears throat> that had like attached itself after, in some way, you know, some kind of window had been opened up um, to the supernatural. And in 2014, Lorraine, who has since passed away, was asked in an interview about why she chose to keep Annabelle, despite knowing that this doll was, you know, evil. And she said, it would be quite careless on my part to get rid of it. As explained in The Conjuring, getting rid of the doll would only rid get rid of the vessel, not the evil that resides within the doll. At least as it sits, we know where it resides. It isn't out in the world causing harm to others. We have a Catholic priest who performs a binding prayer around the doll, which acts as a blockade. The evil can't penetrate the holy prayers that bind it. And that is the story of Annabelle, the creepy demonic doll. Wow, pretty creepy. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely some details in there that I didn't didn't know about. And it's interesting, like, there's, there's um, you know, the whole story you know, a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of the like hauntings I've read about and, 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 you know, phenomena like this, like doll aside, right. Is this, you know, there's often some, um, you know, b beyond the sort of hauntings we've talked about that are like, you know, sort of like echoes of human life. It's more like some type of entity trying to get a rise out of people trying to connect in some way. And that right. very often there's these stories of, you know, children having, um, you know, best friends or whatever that are like other little kids, but then they turn out not to be little kids and to have like, you know, something you're talking else about like going. imaginary friends. Well, yeah, no, just that. Oh God, like, that's so creepy. <laughs> this idea that of like, of like spirits then masquerading as other right. types of spirits to, to get a certain type of attention from human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. Like th there's this almost like they're sort of brought to life through the gaze, through the attention and usually the fear of uh, right. a person, right? So Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's just like, you know, with human beings, you can't take everyone and everything at face value. You can't trust that just because something is supernatural, it's automatically good. And chances are, I mean, it just seems like, okay, 
If you have a Ouija board out, <laughs> yeah, we should do like and a you're playing Ouija around with episode. I, I, yeah, <laughs> seriously. But I mean, like, what is going to be attracted to something like that? You know, well, is yeah, it you going to be some some higher, right. you know, higher spiritual being. Nah. Right. Well, it's it, yeah. You just like you don't know. Like the invocation is an invitation to to something, right? And so, right. like, you don't know. And and you know spirit world aside there is something energetic about it and i kind of want to talk about it after I, I do mine but you know there there's definitely something um you know about these i mean the annabelle like uh is interesting because you know raggedy ann like some of these dolls you look at me you're like yeah that, that that doll just straight up looks scary but like raggedy ann like does not look scary right like I even know. a well-worn raggedy ann is not a scary sight it's like kind of cute and kind of like so, so there's got to be something those, else about except it. Except for those shiny black eyes. I guess, but I, I, I think those I had like a raggedy Andy or something like that when I was a kid, and like they're pretty cute. They're like very folksy looking, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I mean, so to sort of like be in the presence of this thing, clearly there's something else about it beyond it just its sort of like appearance that you know creeps people out to, to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, let's do yours. And okay, then we can okay, talk about, cool. we've got, I know we've got like, we both have like a few extras. Yeah. Sure well, I mean, I might just but... do, okay. Um, I'm, I might just do tuner. Let's see where I, where I land. Cause they're both okay. on the, on the shorter side compared to the one you just did. So, um, one's classic, one's like new, new classic. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know if this is like the original, um, haunted doll story or like it's certainly one of them, but this is the story of Robert the doll. Yes. So um, the story of Robert uh, begins with a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto, uh, who went by Gene, um, and he grew up in a large home in Key West, Florida, around the turn of the century. I think he was born in like 1900 or something. But um, Robert the doll's origins are somewhat unclear, and they're often disputed. So some have given it to um, that the boy was given um, the doll by a maid who practiced voodoo, um, but the museum that now hosts the doll believes that Robert was given to Otto when he was around uh, eight years old as a present um, from his grandfather after he had made a trip to Germany. Um, I think they determined the manufacturer to be a company called Steif, Steif um, and the doll was not necessarily made to be a doll at all, but probably part of a window display, like like an arrangement of like, jesters right so the the doll is wearing a sailor's outfit um which they think is actually a child's costume and possibly even jeans um they said it was about so robert actually stands about three feet tall so this is very large he's wearing clothes that actually belong to a child at one point yeah well they think yes yes they they think the the sailor suit that he wears was not made specifically for him so either it was put on in Germany or maybe it was, um, you know, actually jeans, like, you know, kids were running around dressed like sailors for some reason like that at that time. And so they think that it may have been dressed in, um, in jeans costume. So, um, his face of his face is made of cloth, right? It's a cloth doll, like even, even to the face. Um, and it's very like careworn, right? It's like very like threadbare. It's got these like kind of small marks all over its face and it has these like very small black eyes. Kind of beady eyes, beady right? Beady eyes, yeah. And it's it's wearing a careless sort of smile. That's sort of how I would describe it. Like some people say it's a creepy smile. There's this, like this sort of blithe smile. And, you know, I guess everyone sees what they sees. But um, he's also holding a toy of his own, like a small puppy um, with its tongue hanging out or it used to be hanging out. It's kind of weird looking. But um, okay, so Robert the doll and Jean were inseparable and some people even describe their relationship as unhealthy you know gene talked about the doll all the time in the first person as if he were very much alive he carried on conversations with him um you know and um you know treated him like a um you know uh, a human being and so as the story goes the first sign was there any background of um the the child being you know having any kind of issues or anything that was mentioned you mean Jean? in your research, yeah. Uh, not, um, you know what? That's a good question. Um, I I don't remember. I don't actually remember. It's possible, 
right? It's possible. Like, I mean, he did grow up as an adult, and, and, and I'll come to that, but he was, you know, he kept Gene into his adulthood. He got married. Like, he was actually an artist. Um, mm-hmm. So he lived, I think, a full life. Um, so I don't know. He, you know, he may have had some, like, you know, or, or certainly, you know, he could have had some that weren't sort of reported, especially at that time, like, you know, like mental illness is a very strange thing. You know, back then it's like, you know, some things that are certainly not considered mental illness now were and some that, uh, you know, definitely right. are. Right, like just being not. a woman. <laughs> just being a woman was considered like, so, so, you know, like who knows about that, right? But um, but he had a, he had an attachment to it, which is, you know, you know, it's not really that crazy of a thought, right? Like I had stuffed animals I was very attached to, but I think there was an extra layer of, something weird going on there. And I think it, it, it sort of manifested pretty early on in their relationship. So as the story goes, the first sign of trouble was when Gene awoke one night to find Robert sitting at the end of, end of his bed, right? Not where he had left him. And he was just standing there staring at him, right? Um, his mother then soon awakened um, by Gene's screams and the sound of furniture being overturned in the rooms, you know, things being slammed around, him screaming for help. She hears him begging to be rescued. And she rushes into his bedroom, busts open uh, the locked door, and there she finds Gene curled up on his bed, you know, shaking in terror. Um, the room is in shambles, uh, you know, furniture overturned, and Robert is still sitting there at the foot of the bed. And all Gene is able to say is, Robert did it. And this refrain continues for much of his childhood, right? Very often, like, there's things that happen, and he sort of says, Robert did it. Um, You know, also not that out of the ordinary, but in the context of these other sort of bizarre events, it is very creepy, right? So Gene's parents would um, tell of hearing him uh, speak to Robert in his room and Robert answering him back in a much different voice, right? So imagine Whoa. a kid, oh, God. yeah, imagine a kid, you know, talking to their doll and the doll answering in their own normal voice is like, you know, that's not weird at all, but hearing what they heard was a, literally a different voice answering that, that's terrifying. <laughs> and so they what, said- What did it sound like? I don't know. I don't was it like think a grown man or another child? They or? just said different voice. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. Um, but they do say that they even saw him talking uh, and his expression change, right? And this is something that um, apparently still happens. Um, I'll sort of get to where he, he ended up, but that, you know, people are able to see his expression change. Um, at times, they would even catch glimpses of Robert running through the house, giggling, like running up and down the stairs from room to room. <laughs> like that part right there is like kind of the craziest to me. Yeah, but, um, uh, and other times. It's all terrifying. It's all terrifying. <laughs> other times he would be seen staring out of the upstairs window um, down onto the street. So passerbyers would see this doll just like staring at them as they walk by. So um, Robert lived with Gene on into his adult life. Uh, and after his parents died, they moved um, back into, he moved back into his childhood home along with his wife, Anne. So um, Gene gave Robert a room of his own with a window, again, looking over the street. Um, Anne, however, had a very uneasy feeling about Robert and eventually <clears throat> got Gene okay. To lock him away in the attic, that, right? that, that would be a dating deal breaker. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's like the total package, but he's got this creepy haunted doll. Like. But my doll needs a separate room. <laughs> yeah, my doll. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think it was like a very large home. So it's like, but. Yeah, why you know, not? Or something better better in a separate it. room than like in your room. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but um, Robert soon made it very clear that he did not like his new digs. Right. So visitors reported hearing footsteps pacing back and forth um, in the attic, uh, along with um, sounds of devilish giggling. Like, ooh. <laughs> um, so, so what did he want? Did he want to be like with? Jim I guess he wanted his own room. He didn't want to be locked away in the attic is what he didn't want. Okay. 
So um, all the same neighborhood kids reported seeing Robert watching them from the upstairs window, not in the attic, right? They said he even mocked them as they walked by on their way to school. Like (laughs) in what way? I don't know. Like, like, I think just like there was like a menacing, you know, appearance to him somehow. I, I don't, I don't really know, but. I mean, when you're a kid, you know, who knows what they painted on top of this? Like seeing seeing a doll staring out of a I mean, window when like, you're walking by no is just like kind of menacing in the first place, right? right? Yeah, it's not going to be a good thing. Um, so when Gene heard about all this, though, he went to investigate, right? Like, I think this is a large enough house that like, you know, you have this room that's closed and you're not really thinking about it. He hears that it's like looking out of this window. And he's like, no, no, I got it locked in the attic. He goes up and finds Robert sitting in a rocking chair in the upstairs bedroom, gazing out of the window. So Gene locks him back in the attic, but it's to no avail. They continually find him back in the bedroom, sitting, staring out the window. So this, this yeah. basically just... Is the rocker just, rocking? I don't, I don't know. I think probably, it is. Just, we'll just say it is. Let's just say it is. Um, so when um, Gene Otto died in 1974... Um, a new owner moved into the house and um, their 10-year-old daughter discovered Robert still in the attic, right? Like, I mean, that's pretty crazy. So obviously, like, he hung on to this thing all through his life. And then when they cleaned the house, like, I don't know, it just stayed there, right? Um, So at first she was excited, but that all soon uh, dissipated when she claimed that Robert wanted to hurt her. Um, so it is said that she would often wake in the night screaming in terror as she said Robert was moving around her room. My God, dude, I can't imagine. I mean. So finally her parents gave Robert away. Um, I've, I've heard some tellings where they try to get rid of him multiple times and he just keeps coming back. But um, either way, he lives today in um, East Martello Fort Museum um, where he continues to creep people out, right? So staff members claim to see him changing expressions, like I was saying before. Visitors say they have trouble using their cameras when they try and take pictures, right? They'll go up and try and take a photo of him and, um, you know, their camera won't work. And then as they leave the museum, it starts working again. So it's still, it's definitely, you know, I feel like it's like a fate of these haunted dolls to end up in like glass cases in museums. But (laughs) he's definitely one that's like visited and like people are very, you know, superstitious about him and, um you know, so anyways, that's the story. Isn't he the one that gets like a lot of apology letters from people who have taken a picture without permission and have something bad happen later? Yeah. And so that like their the museum like, is flooded with letters. Um, I, I'm not sure about that that part, but yeah, I mean, I think both. I think him and um, uh, Annabelle both get people regretting mocking him. Th- these dolls do not like to be mocked, and so right. you know. When people they do, don't have a sense of humor about themselves. No. So yeah, when they do, then people are sort of regretful about it. Um, so um, okay, so let me do let me do one more, and then we'll we'll just jump into the topic, or maybe do some more. But um, okay. okay, so um, did you know that there's a whole uh, haunted doll market on eBay? I think we talked about this before, but there is. Um, so. <laughs> So Harold, the doll, is supposed to be one of the first ones or the first one sold. I I don't know if that's um, true or not or how to verify such a thing, but that's how the story goes. I mean, he's certainly the most famous one, and his story probably helped popularize the phenomenon, right? Like like I was saying, if you you go on eBay, um, there's like dozens and dozens of these dolls being sold under the premise that they are haunted, Right. So people, some people like haunted dolls. Right. Um, Okay. So what's that? Uh, Not my thing, but. Yeah, no. Um, So um, his story begins with uh, a young filmmaker putting a, um, this haunted doll on eBay. So to his friends, he admits that it's all a hoax, right? So this whole thing starts out uh, kind of on the wrong foot, (laughs) right? This guy's like lying. He's creating a hoax um you know he there's lots of reasons why he says he's doing it right like he wants to see how far it will go and you know this or that but there's already on a stink on the whole thing right and so the the bidding eventually goes up to 700 dollars um and someone wins but the winner never pays him 
So he puts it back up, right? So already this whole thing is like off on the wrong foot. There's something off about it all. Um, so it's back online. The bids start going up and up, right? Um, a friend of his who um, apparently he's told it's a hoax uh, has become taken with the whole thing. And I think she's hoping to flip it on her own. So she ends up buying it, right? She's trying to push the the bidding up and up and then ends up with it, right? She gets into like a bidding war and ends up actually buying it for, I think, a little over $700. So, um, you know, as she tells it, she was only planning on keeping it for a couple months before reselling it. Um, but she ends up putting it in her closet for close to a year. So um, then about a year later in 2004, she puts it back on auction, uh, expressly shaken by the, her experience with it. Okay, so this is her telling of it. Um, she says she was living in Ireland at the time and she had some uh, disturbing coincidences happen within its vicinity. So um, starting with uh, one of her roommates was a health nut, climbed mountains, dove, was very athletic, and the doll lived in his closet. So within three months of him living there, he dies, right? Like, uh, I think he's diagnosed with, and dies with, with cancer within that time, right? Mm. But the weirdest part is that he had moved in, um, he had had to move in with them in the first place because the woman he had been living with had just died. So apparently she had come over to their house asked to see the doll just before going on a visit to Amsterdam and she died a week later falling down some stairs and she uh, she died instantly. So there was these two deaths that were sort of centered around this doll and you could certainly say they were coincidences but it they're very weird and certainly off-putting especially when there's any type of like suggestion that this thing is like potentially cursed, right? So there were more strange and paranormal occurrences so she finally decides to um, resell it. Um, eventually it's bought by a psychic medium who ends up having his own sort of strange experiences with it. So he takes it to a few mediums for um, a reading. Um, he, tr- he you know, tries to find ones that haven't, uh, d- who don't know about this doll, right? And I think at this point it's starting to get some fame. Um, so the first one he takes it to actually does know who it is, but he's like, okay, let's just, let's just do this anyways. So they start going through, I guess he like brings some like holy water and I don't know exactly what they're doing, but, um, basically halfway through the medium stops and says, uh, he says, you know, um, she said she can't, um, do it any longer. She's like, I can't do this. Uh, this doll just threatened to kill me. Or actually I think she says the spirit that, you know, inhabits this doll, um, threatened to kill her and that she had a heart murmur and that um, the doll, it felt like the doll had been squeezed, what the spirit that was inhabiting the doll had been squeezing her heart. <laughs> so so she's like, okay, enough. I'm a, I want to get it out of here. So he goes home. He had been recording yeah, the... Not worth it. Yeah. He had been recording the... Um, the the whole session and when he goes home and listens to the recording while they're like dousing it with holy water and doing this session he's it's telling her to uh shut up bitch and uh i'm gonna kill you <laughs> she Wait, hears a male this is voice being, this is recorded yeah like this you is can actually hear the, the voices okay. right you know how people will like ask ghosts uh or entities questions record the session and listen back and then voices will sort of show up after the fact so that's what happened right the spirit backs all of that yeah exactly so so um so that happened so he continues having um, other experiences himself friends um specifically friends being visited by harold at night right so this is something that happens a number of times over the years right like a friend will have visited or been told about harold and will like be visited by Harold in like a dream. What does Harold <laughs> look like? Give us a, a pretty visual. creepy. Okay, so not knowing the the origins are a little unclear, but I think it's a um, I forget exactly how they described it, like a composite doll or something like that. Like some, it looks like a <sighs> yeah. doll that someone this put is, this together. Is the old, pretty old dolls. Pretty old, but it also looks cobbled together from 
other parts. So I don't think it's like it looks it looks the part. I should say that like it looks super creepy. It looks like it was like, you know, made that way. So, um, OK, um, so one one of his friends comes to him one day and says, Harold is pissed. Uh, he told me that he's angry that you've had him so long and haven't helped him. So this is one of the friends that had like been visited by him. So, um, you know, he's, he's reported other types of occurrences, people being injured in the doll's presence, so on and so forth. Um, the doll still remains with the same owner who, you know, blogs about it. There's like a website. He's got a book, of course, <laughs> called Harold Dawn's a doll. And I think it was even featured on paranormal lockdown, but there still continues to be a lot of sort of like lore about him and what's going on there. Like people talking about like, you know, um, you know, the devil and all this stuff and evil entities and that there's even potentially two in there. And like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, weirdness surrounding the whole thing. Um, but anyways, that is the story of Harold the doll. That's super creepy. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think it's, it's very interesting. Like, you know, the origins of these things, right? Like who knows, like, you know, there's always a legend that's sort of like surrounded, right? Like, so with, um, you know, with, uh, um, Robert the doll, it's like, you know, he came from like somewhere in Germany and like, or maybe it was the maid practicing voodoo, you know, and this guy had like made up some stuff, you know, that when he originally sold it, but there's something about this idea of like, you know, this, this doll being, you know, it's for lack of a better word, like cursed in some way, like a, a, a carrier of some type of like negative energy, right? Like this mm-hmm. guy, it started as a hoax. It's almost like it was invoked or something. To yeah, do you know what I mean? like, like, like it was invited in from it was all invited of the in in activity some way. and attention. Or yeah. just like it had bad, you know, like I, I read that Damien Eccles book after our um, magic, <laughs> our whole magic episode, you know, and he talks about like, you know, objects becoming charged with certain types of energy, right? And like, that's not really a challenging concept, right? Like, everybody's like been to an old ass house where, you know, there's a certain energy that it's charged with. If bad things have happened in a place, that place tends to carry that sort of energy, right? And, you know, Damien Eccles talks about like how like you can do that intentionally, you know, with like things like water and, you know, things like that. But um, but this idea of that an object or a thing becoming charged with some type of energy, you know, seems within the realm of whether it's inadvertent or intentional or whatever, um, not that hard to conceive of. Now, whether right. or not it's some like evil spirit, like is a different question. But I, like, I feel like there's a right. hand in hand with the sort of like psychosomatic part of it also with something else going on there that's clearly something else going on right so i don't know right there are different ways to look at it i mean like you know in my story with the warrens i mean i think clear they would say something like this is you know an evil entity that was looking to prey upon humans and it was invited in right right and so something kind of summoned it and uh, it attached itself to the object in the hopes of ensnaring human beings. Yeah. And with the Warrens too, it's like, you know, they're also a questionable bunch, right? Like they've definitely like, you know, admitted to, um, you know, like telling someone truths in their storytelling and the recounting of, you know, of events and the whole Amityville horror thing. But so I feel like none of these stories are ever fully clean right they almost Mm -hmm. seem to attract you know um tall tales or people just outright hoaxes you know in the case of well the uh, thing is it's not it's not i think usually when things like this happen it's it's not as you know obvious and intense as what we're used to you know i mean there are subtleties there are gray areas and so i think you know the natural human instinct is to amplify it, you know, like Hollywood movies, like, Oh, this isn't exciting enough on its own. Right. Right. You know, so you, the narrative gets blown up a little bit. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think we can all like wrap our head around the idea of like something getting a certain bad juju to it. Right. Like a bad Mm -hmm. karma to it in some way. Right. And like, 
whether that's an entity or not, like, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Like, do you think these, these dolls are like actually haunted? I mean, like we can be specific about which ones. Cause you know, maybe some of them are, maybe some of them are. Well, I, I'll just, I'll just say that I don't want one. I wouldn't be the one, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be bidding on one on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm definitely not interested um, in going to one of those museums. You know, and see yeah, I'm just I don't not, think so. No, 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 there. like not why, why tempt fate? You know, yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple like smaller stories myself. Okay, you want to do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so like there's one I don't know. It's very recent. I think it was like 2014 or something like that. But actually, um, a family, the Bowman family, um, bought this Elmo doll for their two-year-old son, whose name was James. And this specific Elmo doll was programmed to recite the name of its owners and like, you know, had a few fun lines it would spout out, you know, just to kind of like personalize the toy experience. <laughs> this was like something they had done custom or this is like part no, of the toy? No, it was, it was part of the toy, you know? Gotcha. Okay. So they, they purchased this Elmo doll. The kid, the kid loved Elmo. Um, so he James just falls in love with it from day one and he's playing with it and um the they actually uh changed its batteries and the the mother started overhearing something and at first she's just like what but um eventually she uh you know hears that it's saying kill James over and over again in this sing-song Elmo voice. What? And there are videos you can actually, like, you can look it up and you can hear it, and it's like, kill James! Um, okay. <laughs> so they called Fisher-Price and, and got a refund for it, but, um, yeah, there was just basically no explanation for this thing. You know, I mean, like, 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 like what what caused it to do this? Um, I mean, you can I mean, you speculate like if somebody prank? at the factory yeah, like yeah, pulling like a, a prank. prank but, exactly. Yeah. It could be. It could be. But actually, you know, when you do a little research, um, there are a lot of videos circulating online, you know, on YouTube and, and other channels of dolls that have been caught moving on camera. I mean, that's a big Ooh. thing. Ooh, that sounds like a YouTube hole right there. <laughs> there, it, it, it really is. It really is. And you know what? I'll just say don't watch it right before I go to bed. Oh, my God. Because I made oh that mistake. God. And, you know, like, for example, there was, like, a, vin a vintage doll that was found at a garage sale. And um, the person who bought it actually saw that it would move and was able to capture this on camera. And you can see it. Its arm goes up and down, you know, kind of slowly. But it's oh, God, it's doing it. It's oh, lying on its back, so there's no real explanation. You know, it's it's not due to gravity. Um, there are like several different videos that show show dolls suddenly turning their heads to look at the children that are playing with them. Uh, one, the girl is actually holding this big doll, and um, it, the doll like turns its head and she shrieks and drops it. There's another one: a, a little girl's playing with a Barbie doll. And the same thing happens. It like pivots its head really suddenly, um, and the girl screams. Um, What's and then there's another. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, want, yeah. I just want to end on a clown note because I had the, a scary clown as a child. But um, there's one where a guy um, had brought home a haunted clown doll. His friends actually, you know, thought that this thing moved around, and so he's like, "All right, I'm going to test it out." He brought it home. He put it in a chair. And um, he set up a video camera, and at around three in the morning, the witching hour, as we know, um, the footage actually shows this clown doll move very slightly. It's not like a super obvious movement. It's not something like if you were going to fake a video, you'd probably try to make it a little more spectacular than this. But you can see this doll creepily moving its head up and down. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But the, well, there, there are a lot out there, actually. You know. Yeah, I believe if it. You I want to go like down I've, the rabbit hole? I, well, I'm definitely. Well, I'm definitely not going to do it now. But like, or, or before I go to bed. But I definitely will do that because I, I love that stuff. But some of that stuff, I'm like, it's too, it's too like 
perfect in a way. Like I'm like, oh man, that's like that's too much of like someone actually was able to ca- catch a doll moving. Like you know, you just like you know, you're like, oh, did they like spend all day like figuring out like, how to like make this thing? Right. Do you know what I mean? That, like, like, a pe- like invisible string or fishing, right. fishing but line I or also, something to add to it. I also don't necessarily, all right, so, you know, setting aside the sort of creepy haunted spirit thing, you know, just this idea that like, you know, the mind is a very powerful thing, right? Mm-hmm. And human's ability to project energy onto things right is also a very real thing like we create a reality that in which we live and our minds our minds and our energies can have an influence on the world around us right, right. so like psychokinesis or... yeah exactly so a child believing so perfectly that this thing is truly alive somehow causes it to move right mm-hmm. like do you know we've talked about the like you know um uh, poltergeist connections with you know uh, teenagers who are going through an emotionally traumatic time mm-hmm. right this idea of like straight energy bouncing around to space you know and like moving things around like I can also see that do you know yeah, what I mean? like, like if it's human consciousness doing this unaware right like yeah exactly exactly because I mean like I you know I believed so much so that certain things were real when I was a child that they truly were, right? Like in my world, right? Like there's no way you could convince a child that like say their little teddy bear, that's their friend, that they see the life in every day is not alive, right? Like it's impossible. You can sort of, maybe that's what's wrong with half of us. <laughs> like we've been like talked out of the magic of, <laughs> you know, like yeah. existentialism at such a early age that we're like, no, that's not possible. But this idea that belief can create a, a world in which we live is a very powerful idea. So hmm. I don't what know. Do you, like, what do you think? What do you think? Well, I think some of that stuff might be that, right? Like I don't think that there's all these ghosts hanging out in dolls like I don't necessarily think that do you think there are any ghosts hanging out in dolls or any well like entities? some type of some type of bad news some type of entity sure like that there's some like we talked about it with the Dybbuk box and mm-hmm. you know that there's these things that can sort of hang around like kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of the show is like these things that sort of like want some type of entity whether it's like self-aware in the way that we think about or intelligent in the way that we think about it but some type of like you know energy uh, entity that um, is, is up to no good but wants to wants to somehow enter into this world or enter into some type of interaction with this world and gains energy from that yeah I think that could certainly happen through through a doll through a child through uh, a, a number of things right so mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these, you know, we've we've done a few stories here, but I've definitely heard of more and very similar ones, right? Less famous ones where, you know, like, you know, very often there's children involved, right? That like these children are somehow, uh, um, you know, convinced of that they're being visited by yet another child. And yet there's other weird stuff, you know, uh, nefarious intentions that are often uncovered by like someone else coming into the picture, like some type of medium or a priest or something like that, that like uncovers that there's more or things escalate when the thing does not get the right amount of attention to something dangerous or something like that. So I don't know, like I'm kind of scared to believe, but I'm also like superstitious enough. (laughs) Like I don't want to like poke the bear, you know what I'm saying? Same. Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah. I wouldn't bring one home. Yeah. yeah, I'll just say that. Or tap on its fucking case. Like, yeah, no, no. that's the one where I'm like, okay, Okay, so that's like just bad energy in general, right? Like, forget the curse side, right? Like, some asshole who's like in a museum, banging on a case, threatening a doll. Do you know what I mean? They're carrying around some like real negative energy, and so the idea of them like hopping on a motorcycle and almost getting—that that doesn't really seem that perfect. You know, it's like, wait a second, what's causing what there? Like, you know, the same that energy. That was only that's one story. There are, there are actually no, I know, others I know with are. that one. I know, there Annabelle, are. But, I know okay. there are, but but they, they almost all are of a taunting nature, right? Like almost mm-hmm. all the stories of of 
people it's not people going up like hi i really believe in you and i respect you and stuff it's people that are t- tend to be doubters mock tend it. to mess yeah. mock mock it mm-hmm. right so i don't know an energy or an attitude that has you going around mocking these things you know what i mean like what's that about and like where's that taking you so i don't mm-hmm. know so I guess not a super clear answer, but like it's it's one of the again it's like one of those like phenomena that like right. like many of these are where I think there's a number of things going on. Right. It's very hard hard to pull them apart, especially at a distance, right? Right. Well, it's okay to leave a question mark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. This is Shadowland. So. This is Shadowland, right? A lot of question marks in the shadows. Okay. Well, I feel like we did it. What do you think? We did. We did. We did do it. Okay. Creepy dolls. So, creepy dolls. And so we got more creepy stuff coming, right? right. With uh, Spooktober is upon us. <laughs> Spooktober is upon us. So very soon we'll be getting into even more. I mean, I feel like this is already like our last one was also scary. Like we're going to keep doing some scary ones and maybe get back to some aliens and philosophies and, <laughs> you know, metaphysics later in the year. But yeah, we got some fun spooky stories coming up so all right so if cool. you love that stuff stay tuned yep follow us on instagram shadowland podcast yep shadowland podcast at gmail.com shadowlandpodcast.com if you want to come and check out um you know some additional content from the show yep we put links and other photos and stuff up there so yeah and and please send us your stories we have some we're compiling them we're going to do a very special a listener episode very soon they are coming so all right cool well i think we did it so i guess until next time all right i'll talk to you soon okay bye bye Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlin and Christina Callard. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln. Thanks, Tim.